All right. I am here with Katie Trost, CEO coach extraordinaire, uh, coach to many extraordinary CEOs from leading investors such as SoftBank, First Round Capital, Primary Venture Partners, and many more. The list goes on and on. Katie, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's wonderful to have you today. Um, you are one of my favorite coaches, one of the best CEO coaches in the world, uh, which is why I have a ton of respect for you and wanted to have you on the show. Um, and today we're going to get to talk about my favorite topic, executive coaching, um, which is really how do we help uh, executives uh, of founders and executives of, of tech companies um, scale themselves, grow, become better leaders, uh, and maybe find a little bit of balance in life. I'm super excited for it. Yeah. Um, well, why don't you give, take a minute and, and tell me about yourself and uh, really who do you serve and, and how do you help them? Of course. So I'm Katie. I'm actually German originally, and I moved to the U.S. I think it was six or seven years ago. Started coaching in New York, did lots of corporate Boring corporate executive coaching, first-time <laughs> leaders and first-time managers, et cetera. Some people who wanted to switch careers, transition, or just advance and get a promotion. And it wasn't really my cup of tea, but I learned a lot and it was, you know, it was really interesting. And I found myself in the startup and tech ecosystem and was really fascinated by CEO leadership and by the CEOs of the scanning tech companies. Not so much startups, because I felt like they were just kind of trying to find product market fit and, you know, found their first five employees. And yeah. I found it more interesting to be really in the scaling, uh, scaling stage and address all of the challenges that come with it, scaling people, scaling operations, um, getting your first um, investments and getting a board and all those kind of things. So I just specialized on working with the CEOs at that stage. And from there, build my toolkit around that person. So it's really just about how do I serve this person? How do I make their lives easier? How do I make their business better? And how do I make their teams thrive? And over the past five years or so, I've just been doing that and try to perfect this skill and art mm -hmm. of CEO coaching. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're definitely a, a master of your craft and, and one that I think really truly cares about um, um, being the best coach you can be. So again, that's why I wanted to bring you on the show to talk about that, that craft. Um, you're also a, you know, a jet setter, global cosmopolitan. You work with companies in London and New York and LA, all over the world. Um, so how do you, how do you juggle all that? Great question, actually. The time zones are not so terrible. I once went to Israel and I had a few uh, clients or potential clients who wanted to work with me. I was like, I just cannot do it. It's just too much. You're stretching yourself way too much. But over like LA, New York, and, and London is really it's it's doable. Yeah. I mean, now you're you're on the West Coast, right? I'm in London. Mm -hmm. It's 7 p.m. here, but it's not really, you know, it's not really late. So yeah. it's definitely doable. And wherever I go, I feel like I have friends and clients, and I love hosting founder dinners and CEO dinners and, and bringing people together help them learn from each other, just share their experiences. So I think it's great to have this network all over the, all over the world. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, community uh, is one of the, the biggest needs that, that founders have. I, I work on it a lot with, with my clients and um, uh, the, the fact that you get to, to create that with your, your founder groups and so on is, is awesome. Yeah. Um, 
So let's talk about, you know, what are some of the challenges that uh, the CEOs are dealing with at the scaling stage when they when they come to your doorstep, you know, bedraggled and, and burned out and needing help, right? What, what, do they, what do they need from you? I mean, the most ideal state for me, for them to be in, is complete chaos in the executive team. <laughs> complete <laughs> chaos right. in terms of operations and, um, and um, operating system. And usually quite overwhelmed, um, working lots of, I mean, 15 hours, 16 hour days all the time. Um, the typical CEO founder challenges, I would say, um, on the on the product side as well, and on go to market, and just everything is it's a little bit much. And I would say my skill is to bring it all in order and just mm-hmm. to observe patterns and and see okay what's going on in each of these different areas. Usually, they there is some kind of assessment phase before where they fill out a, a long questionnaire, and then we have a kickoff session, and we go over all of the different areas and identify the gaps and just the ones where it would be most impactful to to focus on. That's where we focus and then set coaching objectives. And yeah, the more chaotic, the better for me. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, you- more painful for them. But you really see the transformation, and you see it quick. I mean. Mm-hmm three, four, five months, and you can make a massive difference. Also in team dynamics, because I actually recently talked um, with a friend of mine who was like, there is no bad culture, really. He's a CEO, Mm -hmm. and he's actually a really, really great CEO. And he was like, there's no bad culture. There's just bad performing companies. (laughs) And that actually (laughs) brings down the culture. (laughs) Um, So if you have a well-performing business and everything is in order and people know who does what and Everybody knows their responsibilities and what the goals are and expectations are. Usually the culture doesn't suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, obviously there's also tools you can use to improve culture itself without focusing on the business performance. So you, but yeah, you'd, all say over that you, you'd say that you help your clients go from chaos to clarity? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The exactly. name was not <laughs> random. That's exactly what we do here, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what does what is, what is clarity look like then, right? So they come to you, they're chaotic, operations, culture, everything is a mess. You say you work with them for five, six months. What do they look like on the other side of that? I work with them actually for multiple years, but I would say you can, you mm-hmm. can see the first um, real, um, real wins after mm-hmm. three, four, five months. So if I had to summarize it in three sentences, it would be healthy, excellent CEO leadership. It would be healthy and aligned organizations, meaning operating system. I can go into, into that in a, in, a, in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and people and culture, mm-hmm. high-performing teams. Yeah, I would say mm-hmm. those are the three things. And wherever the person struggles the most, wherever the business struggles the most, that's where we usually focus first. And sometimes that means doing offsides and getting everybody aligned around core strategy, around priorities, KPIs, all -hmm. of the metrics, how they are measured, how they are reported on, who is responsible for what. It's very, very tactical. But Mm -hmm. I find it super helpful to implement a framework like that. Because yeah. that's what can, people can lean on and they don't feel like, oh, I have to run after people. I have to hold everybody accountable myself. I have to be the, you know, the bad cop and just mm-hmm. you know, get everybody um, yeah. to do what they said they were going to do anyways. So sometimes it's really helpful fo- to focus on that. And sometimes there is just 
a really challenging board where the CEO is completely consumed with the board and managing the board. So getting that in, in order and setting expectations there and cleaning that up can be super helpful and just free up the CEO. So yeah. it really depends on where they, uh, where they are with the business. So that's but why I, that's why I really like you as a coach. You know, a lot of a lot of coaches out there, they you know they come from the psychology background or maybe even an HR background or, or something else where, you know, it's a lot of self realization, <laughs> self actualization kind of stuff. And and there's definitely a need for that because you know a lot of times what's really holding back leaders is themselves, and they need to really work on themselves to elevate and become that level of leader. But yeah. you and I both, I think, are very pragmatic coaches. In yeah. that we get down in the dirt, right? We roll yeah. up our sleeves and we get down there in the dirt and we work with the teams and we yeah. have the systems and the tools to actually run the business. You mentioned the the operating system, right? Yeah. Um, and that's the way I kind of think of is like, I have some tool or some system that we're going to install into your operating system that is going to fix the way this clunky or glitchy process has been yeah. has been running. Yeah. Um, and just doing that piece by piece just you know saves energy and time and and you know um, and headspace so that we can level up and become more and more strategic and focus more on connection and culture and all those those other things. But it starts with getting down in the dirt and fixing those those tactical problems and, and knowing the solution. Sometimes, oftentimes, mm -hmm. the CEOs ask me like just. Just tell me what to do. Just give me the toolbox. Just give me my CEO toolbox. How do I know I'm a great CEO? Because people don't teach it. Where mm -hmm. are you taught to be a great CEO? Yeah. Your MBA class? I don't think so. No. <laughs> if you're an operator, if you're a COO or a CFO before or a CRO and you promote it, mm -hmm. there's not one way how to CEO, but there's yeah. some principles, some fundamentals that just, I would say not guarantee, but they it's a high likelihood that you as a CEO. Mm -hmm. So I think knowing them and, and implementing them is, is really smart. And there's lots of companies that scale and lots of companies that have the exact same problems. There's yeah. very few CEOs where I would say they are really natural in their, in their role. And the ones who are, you, mm -hmm. can, you can really see them from, from afar. You're like, mm -hmm. wow, this is like, great CEO leadership and everybody loves them and the whole company is super aligned and just really has their back. And many of them, they're 80% there, 70% there, but there's a lot they can do to improve. And I think that was also the moment when, um, when I went, went from regular executive coaching to CEO coaching where mm -hmm. I just tagged on another four certifications that were just around the operating system, OKRs, board dynamics, et cetera, which really help my clients. And it's mm -hmm. just a little bit different than, than the regular executive coaching that people know of and the leadership yeah. development and the self-actualization and finding the answers within. And there's totally a place for that. But I find that having tools and, and practice, like best practices mm -hmm. and um, frameworks, it's just... Yeah. Well, it's, it, it's, it's kind of hard to work on yourself when you're drowning, <laughs> right? So first yeah. we got to stop drowning, right? Get to high ground, dry off a little bit, and then we can start that process yeah. of, of elevating ourselves. Or as I would kind of say, it's sort of like that is a peacetime activity, but when it's wartime, right, Absolutely. you got to just get in the trenches and, and get the job done. And that's as a coach, you also have to know when to step back from that. I had mm -hmm. a few people who were 
either like let's say they got lots of funding and they just needed to execute and we put all of the things in place and then they were like you know what katie just give me the six months the next six months to execute or even now that you know the mm -hmm. economy dropped and people just had to execute and just firefight and i just stepped back and i said I understand that right now is not the time for you for you to work mm -hmm. on culture necessarily because your company might not be around in three months, right? So mm -hmm. I think as a coach to know when is the war time and when mm -hmm. is the is the peace time CEO uh, required and what yeah. do they need to work on in these different phases of the business and the, of the economy? Um, I think that's also a skill as a coach that not everybody has. So yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I love what you said there. Yeah. So what are, what are some of like the core competencies that, that you focus on with your CEOs? Um, so when it comes to the CEO themselves, it's usually the leadership development, performance and uh, personal brand. Mm -hmm. On the organization, it's usually the strategic clarity, the execution. So that's the whole operating system mm -hmm. um, and also fundraising. So it's very tactical, very practical. And then on the people side, creating high performance, um, high performing teams and culture usually starts with the exec team. So lots of um, team building and executive team um, expectations and setting the standard and what does great look like and just having lots of difficult conversation also in the in the exec team and then the company culture and the board. And yeah, I would say the healthy and aligned organizations is all about scaling ops and then the high-performing teams and culture are all about scaling people. And then the yeah. effect of CEO leadership is all about scaling yourself as a scaling CEO, yeah. which is very different at 50 people than 400, 500 people, right? It's, you have to achieve through others and you have to inspire and you have to show up differently and you're not really accessible to people anymore. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Are they intimidated? Do you, do you still... Um, connect with them how do they perceive you do they follow you or you know it doesn't matter if it's you or somebody else standing in front so scaling yourself as a CEO I would say is probably the the toughest part mm -hmm. but also the most interesting because you also get to know yourself better mm -hmm. and that's a mm -hmm. little bit more on the I would say awareness side and what we talked about earlier with you know understanding yourself and self-reflect reflecting but yeah. it's obviously also really interesting especially if you haven't done that kind of work before yeah yeah no absolutely so so you know i'm a an engineer and i grew up with the agile development you know craze basically for the last 25 years or so yeah. and uh you know i've been an agile coach i've been a you know i'm a certified scrum master product owner every single role in in the in the agile world. Um, and the whole philosophy relies on feedback loops and continuous improvement. So when I eventually became an executive coach, uh, actually before that, even when I became a product manager and a product leader, um, I, I did that because I wasn't seeing those feedback loops. So I was over here in engineering land and we were working on our product and we were doing our retros every sprint and we were digging deep and reflecting and, and finding ways to improve ourselves and our communication and the way we work and so on. And then I go over to other parts of the business. I'd be like, why aren't you people doing this too? Why aren't we reflecting? Why aren't we trying to, to, to you know, push ourselves to be better every single day and, and, and work better as a team? Um, and so I started taking those agile principles to product and then other parts of the, of the company. Um, and then 
ultimately when I evolved and became an executive coach, um, it's the same thing. And so that was a, this natural evolution for me that becoming an executive coach, it just felt like, well, of course, this is what we should like. Of course, that's why we're we're stuck in the mud because we're yeah. not reflecting because we're, you know, just continuing to bang our head against the wall or we're taking something that's just stuck in our head and we're spending months and years and millions of dollars trying to build it without really getting feedback and validation. Um, and so that's really baked into every to my it's my core philosophy as a coach is um, self-reflection, right? Continuous improvement. Um, but it's hard to do that. It's, it's hard to do that. So we need systems in place. We need other people that can help us reflect and hold us accountable. Um, I am that to my clients, but I try to get their teams involved in that as well. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's really cool. I love it. I love yeah. seeing other coaches that, that, or other folks that align with me. Uh, yeah, and have the totally. Same and it's really possible to reverse engineer great mm -hmm. CEO leadership as well yeah. and understand, okay, what does the end result look like? How do people respond differently to me? How do mm -hmm. I show up differently? What's my identity? And as you said, involving other people in that process, doing 360s, for example, mm -hmm. and really helping them understand, okay, this is my current state. This is how I'm perceived right now. This is how I want to be perceived. Just because you get certain feedback doesn't mean that you have to follow it, right? But just mm -hmm. getting that data, getting that insight, and then creating your own little ideal identity as a leader, exec identity or CEO identity. Mm -hmm. And it can take sometimes six months, right? But to really understand, okay, how do I want to lead? How do I want to show up? There is the book, The 15, uh, 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership or mm -hmm. Energy Leadership, um, which is also a methodology that I was trained in where you do an assessment that measures your mindset and it shows exactly what kind of thoughts you think when you're in a relaxed state versus when you're when you're triggered. What does mm -hmm. that mean, um, you know, in regards to your leadership? Do you go into victim mentality? Do you go into defensiveness? Do you try to people please or are you trying to create win-win situations for everyone? So it's yeah. really interesting. There's so many interesting tools that can be super practical and it's not woo-woo and, you know, um, all about, yeah. I don't know, it's just not all about therapy and just all right. of the trauma that we had, obviously, that also, you know, is um, oftentimes relevant. But just looking at, wow, this this is how I can be measured. This is how my mind can, mindset can be measured. This is how my mm -hmm. personality can be measured. How can I how can I play to that and how can I really leverage that? It's, it's super interesting. And also yeah. creating coaching leaders, CEOs who become yeah. coaches yeah. of their teams and of their, of their um, execs, right? It's incredible. You almost want to create an executive coach as a, as a CEO yeah. and who be, who's a servant leader, who's a facilitator, who's a coach, who gets the best out of their people, who gets the best out of their teams. It's yeah. It's really I mean, that's, that's, the fastest that's way. how I became a coach. I was a CTO yeah. who yeah. coached. <laughs> exactly. And now I, yeah. now I just do it with 15 companies instead of one, yeah. right? 